Well, good evening, and I'd like to welcome you to our Tuesday night live webcast right here in Dallas, Texas. Wow. I believe tonight is going to be a very, very special night where the Holy Spirit is going to minister to you, destroy some yokes, and if you're carrying some bondage and some problems around, I just believe this is going to be a night that the Holy Spirit is just going to free you from every bondage and from every yoke that you're experiencing tonight. I have an awesome guest that's going to be with me in just a few minutes, a great pastor. And so I want you to stay tuned. But before we do, why don't we just go to prayer and let's ask God's blessings and anointing here on the service. All right, would you pray with me right now? Father, we thank you for this opportunity and for this privilege that we have to come together on this special Tuesday night right here in Dallas, Texas, and my friend, Pastor Mark Barkley in Midland, Michigan. Father, open the windows of heaven and minister tonight in a way that people's life will be revolutionized, where they will realize that you are Lord of their life and that no weapon that is formed against them shall prosper. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your goodness and your blessings in Jesus' name. Now, just before we get started... Uh, I want to say blessings to all of you that are watching on all of the different apps. And I'm looking at Facebook at the moment. Thank you on Facebook that are watching. Tonight I'm not going to be able to watch Lightcast because we're doing our guests by Skype. So I won't be able to talk to you and see who you are, but I'll see you later. And all of the other apps that you're watching any part in the world. Bless you. And thank you for being a part of the ministry tonight. You know, I want to read a scripture that really has ministered to me and, and God has used it to minister to a lot of people over the years that have been wounded, that have been hurt. And it's in uh, Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 17. And it says, I will restore health to you and I will heal you of your wounds. I will restore health to you and I will heal you of your wounds. So tonight uh, or morning wherever you may be watching from if you're watching in the Philippines or you're watching in Australia I know you're morning there if you're watching in Moldova I know we have a people that wake up at 2 30 and 3 o'clock in the morning just to watch our live broadcast instead of watching us later. Anyway we're glad you're here and I'm going to get right to my guest but just before I do let me just say Open your heart, get ready, and let's expect the Holy Spirit to heal every wound or everything that may be going on in your life. Now, I'm so honored and blessed to have my guest tonight. He is one of the busiest pastors and ministers that I know. And I'll say this, and I'm not saying it because he's on, but he's one of my favorite pastors. He really is. When he speaks, I listen because he preaches the Word of God without compromise. Pastors a great church in Midland. And, and not only is a great pastor, but he's a pastor's pastor. Ministers all over the nation and many parts of the world look up to him and he leads them and travels to their churches, does pastors' conferences and leadership conferences in many parts of the world. So Doc, Dr. Barclay, I am so thrilled. I am so blessed. How did I get you on? Bless you so much. Hey, I love you, Brother Don. It's good to see you. And I love what you do. I love everything you do. And uh, a world traveler, a seasoned minister, 
And uh, you're just proven, man. I love standing with stable people. And this is such a weird day, man. I mean, things are falling down, blowing up, falling apart. And uh, and here we are, man, center stream, solid, rock solid. That's what I love about you. Well, that's what I appreciate about you. You know, storms come, problems come, things come, things go, things change. But you know what? Oh, yeah. You just stay the same. You just stay preaching the Word of God. And, and you know, this day and time, Dr. Buckley, you, you know as well as I do, and probably better than me because you're traveling so much too, and you're seeing the changes in the church, uh, in the modern church, I should say. There's no real church change in the church except it's getting better. Yeah. Uh, so tonight, um, why don't you just tell me just a little about yourself. Now, I, I was going to call you a former Marine, and somebody said, don't you dare do that. Once oh, a man, then that there's fighting words done, Flowers. <laughs> we, we leathernecks say there is no former Marine. Uh, there, uh, once a Marine, always a Marine. Uh, unless you're dead, then you can be former. But uh, I made up my mind. Uh, I was in the Marines, of course, and uh, I went to Vietnam two times and 21 months total. And then I trained Marines out in uh, California. I made up my mind in Vietnam that when I get out of here and I get home, no matter what happens, no matter who I face, no matter what I go through, nothing will ever be this bad again. And that's how I look at it. Wow. Well, yes. well, you know, when I hear you preach and I, I hear you talk and I see you from time to time, uh, you just you just remind me of a, a person that's still in the Marines. Okay, then. That's what Vicki says. I told someone the other day, well, you know, I used to be in the Marines. And she said, you stop, you're lying. I live with you. <laughs> Or my son Josh, you know my son Josh, he's a preaching machine on his own, you know, and like 41 or 2 or whatever he is now. But uh, when he was 26, he was out with me, and the pastor, the host of this meeting said, Josh, your dad's a Marine, a Marine instructor, you know, a, a war veteran, etc. Uh, you ever been in, in, the, in the Marines? And he said, 26 years. <laughs> so that's how it is. But I'm going to tell you something, Don Flowers, and I tell all your friends, and I know you have a massive following. You're a very reputable preacher, so I know, I know the people that follow you got to be great numbers. You know, uh, it's, it's the idea that we have integrity. I didn't learn that. I learned that from the Marines, but I live it because of the Scriptures. Yeah. And one of the greatest things that that disappointed me because I wasn't raised in the church at all. And so when I come into the church world, you know, I come out of Vietnam. I got born again in, in Vietnam. Uh, the first time over, I mean, come on, man. It's, this is called combat. People <laughs> die all around you every day. And I would have died and went to hell forever. And wow. I think about that now. And I think, now, wait a minute. If that would have happened to Mark Barclay, obviously it didn't. Whose hands would my blood be on? Who should have witnessed to me? Who should have got to me? Wow. Who, give me a track. Do something. And so uh, anyway, second time over, I got born again. 
And when I come back, of course, I, I, I ended up in the church. I wanted to be in the church. I still want to be in the church. I am in the church. But uh, when I found the church men, I could not believe the lack of team spirit, the lack of loyalty, the disrespect to command or pastor. That's one of the first things that I had to overcome. Because uh, though Marines are not, most of them are not very righteous, my brother. <laughs> it's not the only environment. But when it comes to integrity and honesty and protocol and diplomacy and obeying and submitting, and, and I, man, I thought when I got in the church, Pastor Don, that this was all going to be there because it's God's people. Now, it is there, and but I had to search for it. Well, you know, it, it, it is in the church, but you know, as we well know, people are people. Right. And because people... You had to are, remind me of that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, people are people, yeah. and sometimes you, some, sometimes they forget uh, yeah. their, their uh, oath yeah. that they made to God or their commitment that they made to God. Sometimes they forget that because of the things that's going on around them, and sometimes they let their emotions rule them and that's one of the things uh, Dr. Buckley that I try to really focus in on the things that you just said uh, well somebody one time said well you know what Don your ministry is all about CIA I said what's CIA and they said character integrity and attitude and I do believe that our character as you said our integrity and also attitude is something that we all must keep in check ourselves is, is our character, our integrity, and our attitude. No one can take that from us, or if something goes wrong, we can't blame anybody if we've got a bad attitude. It's, it's something we've got to deal with ourselves. Anyway, tell me, tell me this real quickly, and then I want to get into our subject tonight. Uh, you, had, you said you did two tours in Vietnam, and the first one you wasn't saved. Uh, we won't talk about all the things maybe you might have done when you weren't saved, but uh, what, what, what was it that really caused you on that second term to turn to the Lord Jesus? And you said something. Let me finish this, and then, then you answer this. You said, who was it that should have told you about Jesus? Boy, that that struck me hard when you said that. Uh, so what was it in the second term uh, or your second tour in Vietnam that turned, caused you to turn your life to Jesus? I went for 10 months. I come home for 30 days. I went back for 11 months. In that 30 days, I was my home base was Camp Pendleton, California. Vicki was with me in those 30 days. We were in our apartment, and some young people, of course, I was 19 years old, going on 20, but some young people, I would say late teenagers, banged on my door and, uh, and witnessed to me about Christ. I ran them off. You know, you know you're, not, you're not raised in church. You don't understand. I never, honestly, we never prayed in my house. Never, never. We had one Bible, Pastor Don, the great big old family Bible that sat on the living room. But listen, the only time it opened is when Mama slipped the picture or something in there. That was about it. So they witnessed to me, and I ran them off. Not very nice, either. They come back the next day and to witness to me again, and I ran them off again. Oh, wow. But when I got back in the combat, in the war zone, I couldn't get those young people off my mind. Why'd they come back? Why would they come back like that? Why would they come back to tell me 
about this Jesus Christ. So I literally asked the Lord, Lord, why did they come back? And uh, this was my salvation prayer. Some people don't believe it, but it worked for me, and it has stuck with me for decades. It, it went like this. God, if, if, if there is a God, uh, these Christians say you're up there. I don't know. I feel kind of dumb talking to the sky. But if you're there, you'll take a guy like me. I'm yours. Because I knew my life was a mess. I knew I was ashamed of my mama. I knew I was. She never told me that. But you know, you know if you're my, if how you're living, you know, is is promoting mama or or hurting mama, you know. So, uh, in that moment, Don, my heart melted. That's that was my that was wow. my salvation prayer. And I don't care what anybody says. It wasn't the formatted prayer. It wasn't the way it's done normally at the altar in the church. But but that short prayer, the Lord came in me, 1972. Uh, in combat gear, I've never turned back. So was, was there a, did you feel an inward change or did, did you feel different? What, what really happened? I, well, I felt uh, soft. I felt warm inside. I don't ever remember crying any time in my life. And tears ran down my face. And uh, I... I felt like bad and evil and darkness was leaving me and had left me. And, uh, and it did. It totally did, man. So, yeah, it, that's why I preach to this day. Listen, just get him in here and, and he will work his way out. You're going to change your mind, your mouth. What you eat, what you drink, what you say, what you read, who you run with. Not because of church rules. But because the Lord is living inside of you. Woo! Be preaching, brother. Come on. You're going to make me shout here in a minute. Well, listen, uh, there's so much to talk about tonight. And, um, you know, you're so experienced in working with ministers. And, and you know, betrayal is a big thing. And, and, of course, we know that our Lord, our Savior, was betrayed by one of his supposedly good friends. And... Um, one of the things that I often think about is um, how Jesus knew that Judas was, was already in the process of betraying him. And he sat across the table and he had that last supper with his betrayal in his sight. Um, and let me stay to the last supper. Not the first one. The last one. That's mind-boggling to me. You know, first time I ever read that story, I thought, you point that guy out to me. I'll take care of him for you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, amen. But this betrayal, Pastor Don, runs really deep. And it destroys a lot of people's lives. It honest to God does. So it's not just a matter of I had a friend and now they don't want to be buddies anymore. You know, we used to do this together. Now we're busy and we can't anymore. No, 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 no. The betrayal, true betrayal is on purpose and is motivated by the same demon that causes divorce in marriages. Mm. It's the same wanting power. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know... I think probably betrayal 
is one of the hardest things that anybody can go through is when they're somebody that you loved, someone that you trusted, someone you believed in, someone that you gave your heart to, and, mm -hmm. and many times possessions and influence and your name, and yeah. then all at once, something didn't go the way they wanted it to go, and they right. betray you. Uh, well, and there's different levels of betrayal. Well, I was going to ask you that in a little bit, but um, uh, uh, let me just say to our audience, um, I'm speaking with Mark Barkley, Dr. Mark Barkley from Midland, Michigan, and uh, if my control room could put his name up, it would certainly help if we had his name up there so our, our, our guests could see who, who we have uh, with us tonight. Um, before we go to the different levels of betrayal, um, have you ever been betrayed? <laughs> Come on, Pastor. <laughs> Listen, I believe if you're like seven years old, maybe 12, you've been betrayed. But uh, it's amazing that, that betrayal should not be in the church or the body of Christ whatsoever. Amen. Amen. But it is. And yes, I have been betrayed. Now, I've been blessed. I started the church here in Michigan in 1980. And I've been here all these years. I'm still the senior pastor, though I'm gone most of the time. But, I, but I'm still, the, you know, considered the pastor. And I've never had a church split at any level in those years, 39 years. But, like all pastors, I've had people not only just come and go from churches. You know, I've always said pastoring is like driving a bus. At every stop, people get on and people get off. You're doing all right, pastor. Just keep driving that bus in the right direction. But that's different. We've all got people that come and go, move away, go in the military, go to college, you know, decide to go help another preacher, go to another church. But betrayal's different. Betrayal's, uh, it creates diabolical activity. It has to have stealth. It, it demands covert activity. And it's totally done on purpose. There is no accidental betrayal. Well, um, do you, does betrayal get any easier? Uh, no, I don't, my take, no. However, you know, when you're, a, when I was a young pastor, I better not say everybody, but when I was a young pastor, everything was a crisis. Someone didn't like what I preached. Oh my God, I hope they stay with us. You know, the tithe was great. The, we could pay our bills and maybe ourselves. If it wasn't, it was like, oh my God, what are we gonna do? And, and everyone who got mad, sad, bad, left the church, uh, it was a crisis. And when you only have 25, 30, you know, pioneering, or, or sometimes churches in rural areas are 25, 35, 50 members. And uh, so when people come and go, gossip in little towns, now you don't have to be in a little town. We have, we have anti-sociable sites. And I tease, and sometimes I say YouTube is YouTube. <laughs> no offense to YouTube, of course. Or it's an awesome tool. But all, and sometimes... I don't know. The Facebook guys probably want to hunt me down and knock me on the head, but sometimes I call it de-Facebook because so many people use these wonderful tools just to slander. 
and uh, and to uh, do character assassination. I uh, when when the recent judge to the Supreme Court was you know voted on, but actually put on trial is what I called it, and they allowed an accuser to have international public access to just accuse him publicly. And uh, and he was just he was considered guilty by accusation. So in the process of watching him go through that and see how it affected him, I sent a note and uh, some communication saying, listen, be strong. Don't let this get you down no matter the outcome. Every pastor who's pastored more than a year knows exactly where you're coming from, Your Honor, because we all have been accused, mostly, absolutely, falsely, but we're guilty. And I said, Judge, at least you get an opportunity to defend yourself. We never do. People just get mad, bad, sad. They betray us. They gather people against us. They pull away from us. They stand across the road and they throw stones, spew out names, and nobody ever asks us if it's true. Well, never to defend it. Well, let me ask you, you know, obviously, you know, I ask you, does it, does it get any better? And you said no, but um, how do you handle, let, let me go back maybe to one of your first betrayals in okay. ministry and how it affected you. How did you, how did you handle that first one? That Not very well. <laughs> but I survived. I well, did. And I think uh, some of the things that I did is um, I remembered something one of my Bible college professors, Dr. Roy Hicks, said back when I was in Bible school. He said, forgiveness doesn't mean we're okay. Forgiveness doesn't mean everything's fixed. Forgiveness, you know, the, in, in Pentecostal Bible College where I went, the doctrine of the day back in the early 70s, mid-70s, it was... If you can't forget, you haven't forgiven. And Dr. Hicks said, you don't have the ability to forget. You're not God. You'll never forget things that cut you so deep. So he taught me this statement, and this is how I got over my first betrayal. This is how I got over every betrayal since, and that is this. Forgiveness simply means to drop the charges, mm. the pursuit, and, and ask God for vindication and turn everybody over to God and leave it alone. That's hard to do. Oh, that's hard to do. When you're hurt. And I don't know. You, I know you've been pastoring forever. It's like. You <laughs> Thank really you. Think? Thank you. <laughs> I almost called you Noah. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll tell your listening audience, if I disappear all of a sudden, it won't be an accident. Don Clarence, cut me out of the picture. <laughs> Uh, it, it's amazing, you know, it's like, do they think we have no feelings? That pastors have no feelings, that we don't care? And uh, th the thing that I've always said to this day, now wait a minute, what, what did I do so bad that would cause them to betray, desert, to desert their post in God? To, I mean, they, many people say, I'm called to help you, Brother Barclay, or whatever, Pastor. I'm called to help you, Brother Clowers. I'm called to your church. Okay, well, something offended you, or you didn't what? You didn't like what I preached? You didn't 
And now all of a sudden, and I'm going to, with a really major point on this. All of a sudden, I'm leaving. I'm not going to this church anymore. This church is dumb, wrong. You're wrong, Pastor. Or I don't like you anymore. Or you're... That couple, that person is now out of the will of God. They're out of the will of God. They're going to a church that they're... They said with their own lips, we're called here to help you. And now over some offense, I guess... I don't know. Have you have you had betrayers and deserters leave you and just kind of send a postcard? Of course, of course. And you know, you know what I what I say, Doctor Buckley, is how you leave is how you enter your next place. Oh yeah, sure. You're right. You're so right. so when someone leaves in a betrayal mode of telling you, I'm going to be loyal to you, I'm going to be committed to you, I'm going to be faithful, I'm going to serve and do all of this. And then they leave angry, upset, and mad because most of the time they didn't get their way. Maybe, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I found out in my marriage, I don't get my way a lot of times. <laughs> yes, and amen. But you know, when they go, and when they leave us and go into another church, um, they're, they don't, if the pastor doesn't deal with them or they're not honest with the oncoming pastor, they can't get healed. So they take their sickness, their disease, their spirit of divorce with them. And the younger pastors, they, or, or maybe even some of these new play church type placebo churches, I call them pastors, they, they won't ask them. They're just happy to have another two or three, four, six, ten people with that family in their chairs. But they brought that with them. And, and so not only are we not healing the person who is sad, bad, mad, that deserted, that betrayed, but, they, but they're going to be there and they're going to be, they're going to take that with them. And eventually they're going to behave that way again. And then they're going to behave that way again, you know, because, it, because it's not just a matter of you did me wrong and, and I'm going to let the world know. No, 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 no. It's not out here. It's always in here. It's always in here. These ver I want to read these verses. I meant to do this earlier, but when you and I get together, we, we try to out-preach each other. So I don't know what it is, man. Psalm 35. Let me read this. They rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul. I just, read an art I just wrote an article in my magazine called uh, What to Do When Your Soul is Bleeding. What do you do when your soul is bleeding? We all know to call 911, get a Band-Aid, do something when your finger's cut. But what do you do? So that's what he's talking about. They rewarded me evil for good to the spoiler and the bleeding of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned into my own bosom. I behaved myself as though he had been my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother. But in mine adversity, they rejoiced. They gathered themselves together. Yea, the abjects gathered themselves together against me, and I knew it. They did tear me and cease not. With hypocritical mockers and feasts, they gnashed upon me with their teeth. Lord, how long wilt thou look on? Rescue my soul from their destructions, and my darling, from the lions. 
Now that verse I used the first time I was ever betrayed and I've used it ever since. That set of verses. Lord, I don't judge them. I don't hate them. I, don't, I, I just wish they'd forgive me. I forgive them. If they want to go somewhere else, praise God, be blessed, go serve God. But, but this, should, this poison should not be in the body of Christ. Mm. Now, in the Marines, I know we're not the Marines. In the Marines, you do something to me and I'm slugging you in the forehead. You can slug back if you want to. But it's over with. And, and, uh, and we're, we just get back to work. When I was a sinner, I'd slug you in the forehead. You'd slug me back. We'd go get a beer. You come into the church, and it's got so bad, Pastor Don, that now they're offended just because they don't agree with what you preach. Wow. People betray the pastor of a church just because they're in disagreement to the topic that's being preached. And, uh, but, but the point is, this is really, and you know it, you're a season. This is really severe, this bleeding of the soul. And it marks people's lives forever. What? Jack Hayford told sorry, I cut you off. I think. I think the subject matter of what you and I are talking about, and you, you know, you, you've written a book on this, and, and um, I, I'm sorry that I didn't have it, my, my staff to get it ready so that we could show our audience your book and they could um, order this book. But uh, I, I read your book on betrayal, and this is a subject that, I don't hear talked about uh, in the church, uh, from the pulpit. Uh, I, I think it's a subject people are, are afraid to deal with. And when I saw and read your book and saw, you know, what you had been through and how you have dealt with this, I thought, well, I want to ask you if you would, if you would talk about this. And um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but... Uh, a few minutes ago, you said there's different layers of betrayal. Yeah. Um, would you explain that to me and to our audience tonight? Yeah, the best way I can explain the different levels or penetration of the arrow of betrayal has to do with the perimeters of your life. So there are people all over this world that relate to Don Clowers, Mark Barclays, of this world but they're out here they don't have a right to my private life they can't just walk in my home get out get something on my refrigerator then there's an inner perimeter okay that's more say like my regular partners and people who believe in me and look then there's another inner you know perimeter you know the circumference circle I don't like that word but another perimeter and uh, and that's your closest like Jesus had the we'll say the multitude the 120 the 70 the 12, the 3, the 1. And that's how our life is set up. Everybody's life set up this way. So my kids have access to me more than anybody else here on staff. They're my kids. My wife has access to me more than any other human being on this planet. So if betrayal happens out here, so a guy visited your church once and now he didn't like what you preached, so he's going to go on some site and slander you for a while, there's no penetration. There's no hurry. Yeah, well, I guess he didn't like me. Did, but but when that arrow pierces mm. from the multitude to the seventy, 
the 120, to the 70, to the 12, to the 3, to the 1. The deeper that goes towards your heart, the more severe that betrayal is to you, the more hurtful and the more damage that's done on both sides. Well, how do you, how do you deal, how do you personally deal when it's really close and someone, someone really has taken advantage or, you know, someone you've trusted, poured your life into, and, 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 and I know this for a fact, that you poured your life into a great, great amount of men of God and women of God, not only in the United States, but many other parts of the world. And obviously, I, I'm sure that you've been betrayed by some of those men that, or women that uh, you have really, really taken time with and you brought them close and you taught them things that they needed to know in ministry. So when it's someone close, how do you deal with it? You personally. Number one, number one Pastor, if they're still doing it, it sets up response different than someone who just cut, hit, bang, and they're gone, they may still be yakking and, uh, and, and doing their thing. But, but I've always determined, wait a minute, so they're gone, they betrayed me, they deserted me, they're mad at me, but the aggression is out of my house, it's gone. But some people betray you and stay, like Judas. I think, I don't know, forgive me, I can't remember the man who said this, but he said the only thing worse than someone who is mad or hates you and leaves is someone who's mad and hates you and stays. The biggest church split and the biggest desertion known to mankind from the beginning of creation to today happened to Jesus Christ. And it says he preached one message, did not even get to finish. Multitudes followed this preacher, our Lord. It says, and many of them went back and followed him no more. Jesus turned and basically said, okay, there's 12 of you left and one of you is the devil. So I learned from that even when there's like, a, from a pastor's point of view, like a church split. So the, the, the second thing I do, the first thing is, again, is it still going on? Are they still in my house? Mm. Do I need to deal with this? Do I need to set them down? Because listen, if I've offended somebody, man, I've been known to visit them, wash their feet, almost beg them for forgiveness. I don't want to offend anybody. I want to help people. But sometimes it's not anything that you and I did wrong. It's something they don't want anymore. They didn't get their own way anymore. Secondly, I determine, okay, how bad are we bleeding here? Is this just me? Have they went after the elders? Have they gone after the congregation? Uh, number three, I determine to forgive them, like I said earlier. I'm just going to, Lord, I drop the charges. Because uh, see, if we don't, it keeps going. Plus, then you sleep with them. Then you eat lunch with them. Can't help it. Every conversation. It's in your head. It's in your mind. You wake up in the morning. If you find these people who now hate you and want to hurt you, and all you did was help them, uh, you now find them in your conversation. If you see one walk through the mall, it's like, oh, I, you got to deal with a whole ugly thing again. So I, I also determine I'm not an unjust servant. 
I've been forgiven of everything. I am holding no other man by the throat. So, so we understand, everybody does, not just preachers, people who have been divorced when their kids ran away and deserted their own parents, or a marriage divorce. Uh, every single betrayal has a purpose victim. Hmm. The demon of divorce slash betrayal is not just interested in separating two people or people. He's interested in victimizing, belittling, smushing, smashing, you know, putting oppression, bringing that gray cloud and strip their joy in their life because that demobilizes even the greatest Christian. I have seen this even through gossip. I've seen some of the greatest ministries. So have you, my friend. Right. We, you and I could name names right now about what I'm saying. Some of the greatest, most powerful, strongest men and women of God were totally stunned, paralyzed almost. And some of them even lost their great ministries because of the poison that's in the tongue of the human bite. Well, one of the things that, that I, I, I want to ask you about too is you know, when the, when the betrayal takes place, and, and let's, say it's, um, let's say it's a husband and wife. Okay. And one betrays the other or whatever, you know, and the divorce comes and there's kids. Okay. And one of, the, one of the ones maybe that left or caused the problem just keeps snipping and keeps snipping and is using the kids. Uh, because, you know, just because the divorce comes doesn't mean, and there's kids, you know, it's sort of what you mentioned a while ago. I mean, you know, this goes on and on and on. How does the person that is trying to do the right thing, Dr. Barclay, that's trying to do the right thing, and then this other person just won't let it go? I mean, this, they use the kids. They, they use anything they can possibly use and just keep nipping and nipping and nipping. How does a person, how does a person deal with that kind of person? Uh, one, we have to go on defense, not offense. The human nature is to shift immediately to, be, to, to go on the offense. I'm going to fight back. I'm going to show them. They can't do this. They can't say that. If he tells or she will say he. If he tells the kids things against me, I'm going to tell our kids things against him. And uh, it fair is fair. That, that's not going to work. That never works. That's what the devil wants. That is food on the devil's banqueting table. It creates strife. So this constant aggression, you, we have to go on the defense. We have to blockade all of it we can. For, like I told one uh, lady in our church, why do you read all of his posts on Facebook? Is there a reason? Well, well, he, he, he's, he's on Facebook. Okay, why do you read it? Why don't you get him off your list? Why do you, I told a pastor the other day, now pastor, you got all this stuff People love you, man. You got a good church. And there's a lot of good things people post on the social sites. But look at these bad things. Why do you read that? Go on the defensive and blockade that aggression the best that you can. Because we can't kidnap, capture, torture, stab back, you know, 
anybody that's that's just attacking us. You can't do that. You you just get in trouble with God if you could. So we gotta we gotta learn to blockade. I forgive them. I'm not gonna read it. I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me about it ever again. Listen, Don, you and I are friends. I know that hurt you. I don't want to hear about it ever again. Yeah, but I got to get it off my chest. I got to tell somebody. No, you're spreading the poison. You're spreading the venom. Wow. But this venom's real. You know, Ecclesiastes says, a serpent will strike without enchantment, and a babbler is no better. Hmm. Paul said in Romans, there are those who have the poison of ass, vipers under their lips. So they, and then they pull back. Oh, that's not what I meant. Well, they misunderstood me. Well, I was just joking. Well, I shouldn't have said it, but he deserved it. Or how about James said, the amount of poison that's in the human tongue or the human bite. And, and literally, you've seen it, man. I know you. I know who you've helped. I know who you've been you know, in ministry with all these years, that's why. But you've seen this just paralyze some of the greatest, most powerful people. That's what happens in a divorce in marriage. It's a, it goes beyond human. This is the problem. Whether it's church life, business partners breaking up, best friends, you know, husband, wife, parent, child, it goes from human to demonic. And, that, and therein lies the real issue. That destructive, terrorizing, diabolical, lying demon that just keeps throwing gas on the fire, gas on in the spirit realm. Well, I was just about to ask you what you just said there was, do you think that betrayal is just a human thing or was it demonic? And you've answered that question well before I even answered. But there, there is a lot. Let me, let me ask you this question. Do you believe that there's a lot of demon activity going on among Christians that that we can we can recognize and see and know how to you know the Bible said guard your heart with all diligence for that's where the issues of life is so when yeah. when, yeah. when yeah. we see this demonic activity how are you as a man of God? How do, how do you stand in the pulpit and not be affected, not be hurt? Uh, and as you just mentioned, a lot of people that we know, uh, we've seen their ministries destroyed because of they let stuff get inside them. So how do you, you know, I've admired you all these years, um, had the privilege of speaking in your church. You gave me that honor and privilege to do that. And back, by the way. You need to get up here, you know. <laughs> See, here's the deal, Don Flowers. I got you right now in front of all of your worldwide audience. They're all, you got to answer, brother. You only want to come in July and August, right? You're afraid of Michigan snowstorms and ice storms and sub-zero weather. See, in the Marines, we call someone like that a sissy. <laughs> Uh, you get up here and preach for me, man. Come on. Wow. <laughs> anyway, I, I just know you. I trust you. You know, I, 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 get, I get really touched when I think about this because of the man you are. 
and your great church, your family. I've met your awesome wife, your son, your, your family. And, and, um, but how do you stand there? And I, I'm saying this for the sake of the people that's not preachers, you know, that they, they, they don't maybe look into the scripture like you and I do. I don't study the Bible just for sermons and so for things no. to preach. No. I, study the, I study the Bible to know how to help Don Clowers overcome the things that you and I are talking about because, you know, you never know when it's going to happen or where it's going to come from and when it's going to hit you. But how do you stand up in your church and then you travel uh, several nights a week to churches and and you walk into places where there's wounded pastors because they've just gone through some of the things you've just been, we, you and I have been discussing of people leaving and that pastor's wounded. So how do you go from your pulpit, knowing that they may be someone that has done that to you, or they're still in the church, and then you go to another church and you see this wounded pastor or this wounded church? How, how, do, you, how do you just go in and, 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 and be... Mark Barclay. One, I expect trouble. I'm, I, I still live like a combat Marine, man. <laughs> this is combat. The devil wants everybody to dis, disobey me, leave me, dry me up. You know, he wants to bust up my team. I expect trouble every day of my life. So I get up in the morning, I say, I'm going to, there's people trouble and there's demon trouble. And I'm looking for both. So wow, can... now hold it right there. Hold it right there. There's, there's several things you said there. Uh, you get up every day. Did you say expect trouble? Yes. And then there's people trouble. And then mm -hmm. what was the next one? Demon trouble? Demon trouble. Okay. You, look, there ain't a human being alive that's not being constantly tracked by demonic forces. You have nothing else called familiar spirits. The word family... Mean, uh, familiar means family. These demons study us. They know what button to push to, to discourage, depress, cause people to lie, cheat, you know, whatever. And so, yeah, I just, every day of my life, every time I stand, in, be, just before I go in the pulpit, I, I almost always receive communion elements, even when I'm out with others. Because I say, Lord, I'm standing in the pulpit and mm. here's the war. This is no different than a combat Marine. When I led wow. Marines, the choppers, wow. we camoed up. We painted our face, man. We checked our weapons. We synced our clocks. We did not leave that aircraft carrier expecting anything but trouble, resistance, opposition. So I know not all God's people are that way. Most of God's people are wonderful and sweet and loving. And I, I so, but listen, man. You can have a thousand people in that church just hugging and loving and kissing and, and, you know, the Lord and praise God, I love you, Pastor Don, and just one demonic rascal. So I look for people that aren't right, and I look for demons that are setting people up not to be right. And then I'm always on guard. I, 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 I don't fight. You know, I'm not offensive. I'm defensive. Now, I learned this. From Lester Sumrall, one of my dads, Dr. Sumrall. You know Dr. Sumrall. I very much. Uh, probably a lot of your listeners do or have read a book or something. Brother Sumrall took me to the book of Acts once, and he said, Here, here's the deal, Mark. Every time the word of God is preached or taught, there are those who mock it, 
there are those who procrastinate. We'll hear you again on this. And there are those who cleave and believe. There are those who mock it, make light of it, sometimes jeer it and the preacher. They make light of it. They mock it. There are those that procrastinate. Yeah, 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 but not now. I'll get saved later. I don't know if I believe that kind of thing. But then there are the, the believe and the cleave. And what I've learned through these years is I'm going to help them all. I don't hate even the even the mockers, uh, but I'm not going to spend all of my blood-washed time on mockers and procrastinators when I got levers and cleavers, <laughs> believers and cleavers. That's who, you know, it's the old, isn't it? it Pastor, it's the old, uh, you know, 20-80, maybe 80-20 in the business world, the old 80-20 rule, that we take 80% of our time, 80% of our money, 80% of our ministry, and we pour it into 20% of the flock, the same 20% that never change. They never change for the, the, the people before, the pastor before. They're not. And so it's like this drain. And I believe it stunts churches and sets up these demonic powers to cause betrayals in churches. Amen. I think the same is true, like we mentioned, you know, husband, wife. And, uh, and, that, and it's the same demon. This betrayal is just a nickname for for divorce. Wow. It's me. Wow. It, it it's diabolical. It's, it takes covert. It's trickery. It's angry. It's hate. Love turns to hatred. You're gonna pay. I'm leaving you. I'm taking everything I can. Everybody I can. That's that's what kids say when they get mad at dad and run away from home. That's what they say in divorce court. And that's what they say in our churches when they want to really leave us and make us the bad guy so they can be the purpose victim. Wow. wow. And here's a bigger issue, Pastor. In America, we, we've got a bigger problem in America than probably any country of the world in this. Americans are always for the underdog. There's very few memorials about sheriffs and marshals, but there's bad guy memorials you know you yeah. can go see where billy the kid did this and, and john dillinger did that and so it's the same so when a pastor takes the bible and deals with people misbehaving now being amplified by demonic power then that pastor is the bad guy you're the you're a bad guy and they because this demon has made the real bad guy the victim. So everybody wants to hug the victim. Mm. Everybody feels bad. Well, pastor, he's right, but he shouldn't have done it that way. Why did he even have to deal with this? And here we go. Well, you know, I want to come back to something you said. Everything you're talking about is just absolutely, I think, right on for what people need to learn. But you said that you get up expecting uh, well, let me, I'll use the word combat. You know, you, you, you know the demon forces are going to come against you through something or someone. And um, so you prepare yourself in the morning. You know, George Mueller said, um, I don't leave home until I get my soul happy. And um, uh, that's been my 
that's how I've lived my life for years, Dr. Barkley, is I know even before I get out the door, demons, the, yes. the, the scripture says that he's going to and fro, seeking, seeking whom he may devour. And he works through people as you just got through talking about here. And one of the things that I, I really have learned to do, and I appreciate you talking about this very much, um, is I try my best. Some people say, well, I don't do that every day. I don't need to. Um, I try to put on the armor of God and say, Lord, help my mind today. Yeah, 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 I agree. Uh, help me to guard my heart today. Help me to be, help my eyes to see, not just natural eyes, but to see in the spirit the onslaughts that's coming. So I won't be, so I won't be caught up in someone else's emotion. They can't bring me in. I won't let myself get into their emotion. And so, uh, Dr. Barkley, when it comes to, let me try to wrap this up, and then I, I see your book lying there, and I want you to hold that book up in just a minute. Um, but how, when it comes to forgiveness, you know, you was talking earlier about uh, Dr. Uh, Roy um, Hicks. Yes, that, Dr. Roy Hicks. I didn't get to know him that well. I know he was one of your great mentors. I, I heard him and got to be around him some, but nothing like you. And you had to learn a, a great deal from, from this great man of God. But you said earlier, you, you forgive, but you don't forget. You maybe didn't say it that same way, but how do you, how do you balance those when you don't forget? <coughs> and when do you know you've forgiven? When, when do you know that you have forgiven that person? Well, I believe that I know I forgave that person the minute I said to Mark Barclay, I forgive that person, Lord. Mark, I, I, you drop the charges right now. God, I want you to know I'm not going to pursue them. I'm not going to sue them. I'm not going to get even with them. I'm not going to attack them. I forgive them. I drop the charges. Well, that was a biggie right there. I'm not going to get even. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the whole basis. Um, that's what this demon wants is this friction, this fight, and I hate you, and I hate you, and you're this, and you're this. And, it, and Don, it is so far from God. It's, uh, and, you know, when I said I get up every day expecting trouble, I really do, because I've never had a day without trouble. I mean, I, I don't have a crisis every day, but then again, Maybe getting up every day, getting ready for the daily combat. Because, see, when, when we get in our car later on, we don't know which of those oncoming cars are the drunk or drug driver or the texter. So you got to be on guard. you got to watch what you're doing when you drive now, right? Right. And, uh, and, and so when I, if I go in the restaurant to eat with a friend, I don't know who's cooking that food. I don't know where that food came from. So it might be good. If I expect it to be bad and therefore curse the bad and bless it and ask God to bless my drink and my water. And uh, I think that's the guidance of these scriptures. And I believe you can avoid even betrayal, that you can set your life up where you have less and less betrayals because you more and more pay attention to who's in your life and what are they doing and what are they saying. And you can catch the symptoms of this. 
pretty quick. You know, so, and I also believe for, I, I want to say this, I know we're probably out of time, but I want to say this to all of your, all of the wonderful believers that follow you. You can recover from even the worst betrayals because there is nobody any better at fixing a broken heart than Jesus Christ. The word of God is medicine to every man's soul. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, maketh me lie down green pastures to what? He restoreth my soul. Oh. He wow. heals wow. my soul and takes it right back to the right condition. Wow. So I want them all to know. In fact, I feel strong by the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, I speak over every person, Don, that you and I are talking to, they're listening to us, and, and some of that hurt, people take it to their grave, man. I say the healing balm of Gilead is going to sew and stitch up that bleeding soul, that hurt heart. And you are going to recover in the name of Jesus. Amen. Not going to be a hater. And you're not going to mistrust Amen. others. Not even pastors because somebody did you wrong. You're going to drop the charges, go to God, and live for God. And don't let any human being ever steal that walk of God from you. Amen. 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 Wow. I, I There's something you. wrong with you, Don Clowers. That you don't have me on this program more often. What is wrong with you, brother? <laughs> I'm gonna ask well, you need to repent. I'm gonna have your team deal with you when you get off the air. Well I I want you. I want you more. You're just so busy. You are so busy, and and I don't use that word. I don't like the word busy. I like the word productive. But you're so productive, just getting on that plane and going somewhere and preaching every night. So it's hard to tie you down to get you here more often. It's my fault. I knew you was gonna make it. <laughs> well, isn't that the way it is? Isn't that the way it is? We blame somebody else. <laughs> it's a lot of healing in this book. You mentioned it. How to uh, survive a betrayal? They can get it from us or you or on the website or whatever. But uh, hold that book up if you would, Doctor Barkley. Hold it up one more time because we can see that, and then we oh. got your we got your website posted up there. And I really would encourage people to uh, yeah. go to the website and order this book because I've read this book, and that's why I ask you. When you was on, and I asked you, would you speak on this subject? You didn't hesitate. You just said yes. But of course, you know, that's the kind of person you are. I, I don't think I've ever seen you hesitate. Uh, when, I don't uh, hesitate too often. <laughs> no, you know, I don't. Actually, if I could help people, you know, I, I so appreciate you dealing with this topic. It is shocking how many people, not just preachers, how many people are bleeding inside and they can't recover. They can't seem to find God's medicine to go on in life. Mm. So you're divorced, get going, there's a future. So you had a church split, rise up, you know, the grass will grow again, the water will, will have sediment, get going, there is healing. Mm. That's why I wrote this book. Wow. To find the demon that's behind this so you can recognize it and then uh, find your healing, live for God. Wow. Well, I've been blessed tonight, and I know I didn't get to ask you a lot of things I wanted to ask you, but um, in an hour, Speak. you, in an hour. Together, we preach, preach, preach to each other. And I like it. <laughs>
That's what preachers do, man. Hallelujah. Part two is coming up. <laughs> All right, part two, let's do it. All right. Right. Well, listen, why don't we take this last minute? I know you've already spoken into people's life. You've already spoken. But I want you to get it a little broader and just pray for our audience tonight that, that whoever is hurting, whoever is carrying that wound still and won't dismiss the charges. That, that's so good that what you said, somehow they just feel like carrying it Carrying it makes them feel better or something. And you know, just like grieving, you know, when you've been betrayed, there's a grieving that you get into. And you know, I tell people grieving is holding on to what you no longer have. And so um, I'm sure there's people that's watching us that's just grieving, that's going on over and over again. And, And as you mentioned a while ago, they just keep on and keep on. Just, just. Pray a prayer tonight that people can get over and go on with their life and put it behind them. Before I pray, I want to say, I never pray to a demon. I never address a demon while my head's bowed and give that rascal any respect. In the name of Jesus Mm. Christ of Nazareth, by the blood spilled cross, I bind you, you foul spirit of divorce, whether it's two friends, two business partners, a husband and wife, a parent and child, a pastor and congregation, no matter, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and you you hear me. You know me, demon. You will back off right now in the name of Jesus. And now, Lord, I pray for every one of Don's partners and followers, those who are with us tonight. Lord, give them a fight to rescue themselves. They've got to rescue themselves. This thing will bury them. This poison will ruin them. This unforgiveness will make them an unjust servant. And then the tormentors come, and it's day in and day out, and that stinking dark cloud. I pray they will run to church. They will be found at the altar. They will open their Bible, and they will do the healing verses. And in Jesus' name... Whether, it's a, whether, whether they're divorced in marriage, family, parent, child, I just pray, Lord, help them to trust you and help them to trust people again. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, that's, that's two big things that you just said, to trust God and trust people again. Because that steals from me. Yes. Well, some people say, I trust God, but I don't trust people. But, you know. Or I'll never trust a pastor again. Why? I didn't do you bad. Maybe a pastor did offend you. Maybe there are, preachers aren't perfect. Maybe a pastor is the one that hurt your life. But not every pastor. Right. If we believe that, then you and I are going to believe that, hey, I don't want you in my church, buckaroo. I got hurt by a sheep before. See, it's not right. It don't make sense. Well, you know, you know what aren't I often say. Time? Wait a minute. Aren't, aren't we like, I thought we were going to quit. I thought that was the closing. <laughs> well, I said we're on part two now. So <laughs> okay. let, let, part- me, let me wind up with this, that, um, um, that so many times, uh, instead of carrying, instead of carrying the problem, 
it's it's find someone that can you know you you, you said um people get mad at the pastor and i just lost my point there it just went through there <laughs> well i here's my deal that i think you're referring to this here's my deal we have to stop running to humans because we got to get this off our chest i just got to tell somebody i just can't hold it in anymore right They're all psychological program lies they cause you to spew they cause you to vomit you know bad things they'll cause you to gossip tell bear and disassemble the person that hurt you there's no health in it there's no future in it the idea is to go to god amen get to the altar if you got to get there go to church an hour early and weep and cry god i'm hurt i need help i can't get out of this I, there's no human to turn to that can answer for me because when you pour your life out to humans then who do you trust right and how do you know you can trust them right right number one and number two that, <laughs> that they might have some hints like you and me or here's what we do when we've been betrayed but my healing didn't come from going to visit with anybody including a pastor my healing came from the altar sure the, and from the word well, I know I know a family in particular that they get, they don't go to church anymore because they say the the youth pastor hurt them, so they just quit going to church. And so they said, I don't trust preachers anymore. And one of the things that I don't understand what about the demon wants, Pastor. I'm sorry. And that's what that demon wants. I keep cutting you off, but that demon you just labeled his whole goal. I'm not going to church. In fact, I may not go to church ever again anywhere. And I'll never trust another pastor again. Or, 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 and, and where was God anyways? It's all designed, not for a moment of hurt or a year's worth of hurt, but to drive them away from the love of God. Or Amen. Well, you know, and yet when this, this particular family I'm talking about said they got hurt by the pastor, what? Well, I don't know if he did anything or not. You know, I don't know any about the situation. But the thing I always tell people, Dr. Barkley, and I'm going to close with this, God never hurt anybody. Thank you. God Thank you. never hurt anybody. So if someone got hurt in church or at church or someone in the church, God didn't do it. God didn't do it. And, and that old doctrine that, well, he didn't do it, but he allowed it. That's the same difference. Yeah. That's the same indictment. That don't That's, work. That, that was so good what you just said. <laughs> he, he, he didn't do it, but he allowed it. <laughs> no, no. That's dumb. <laughs> well, we could go all night talking about this, Doc. And, right, I love you, man. Uh, I just want to tell our audience, go to, go to his website and... Um, and as you go to his website, look over the materials because he's got books and books and uh, recordings of all kinds that will absolutely revolutionize and change your life. Dr. Barkley is a great friend. He's a, as I said when we started, if you weren't there when we were on, he's one of the... He's one of my favorite preachers, and I don't say that just to be saying it and because he's sitting here uh, with me on this webcast uh, in Michigan, and I'm here in Texas. Isn't that amazing how we can do this? Uh, but he's an awesome man of God. Michigan, Don Clowers. I'm sorry? 
You need to be in Michigan. You, you said it again. I am. I'm in Michigan right now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and you're in and you're in Texas right now. When you get off this program, I'm sending you a text of an invitation, <laughs> and you better find a date to get yourself up here. Oh my goodness. Well, anyway, I've had lots of fun tonight, and I believe that your ministry has blessed a lot of people. And uh, I want to say thank you uh, once again for taking out of your really busy schedule and and because you're an hour later there than we are here in Texas obviously and uh, thank you so much and by the way you're 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 holding up you're really looking great uh, uh, and just keep on going keep it focused keep on preaching and and doing the work of Jesus thank you thank so much thanks pastor Don I love you man I love you too. Well, just as we close tonight, I want to tell you that you don't have to carry all of this bitterness, hurt, and pain on the inside. And as I just shared with Dr. Barkley, God didn't hurt you. Oh yeah, you may say, but he allowed it, like Dr. Barkley said. Well, God is God, and he doesn't control human beings. Human beings control human beings. So if you're angry, if you're bitter about anything, we have given you answers tonight. Dr. Barclay has shared with you, this is an experienced pastor of many years that preaches to uh, people all over the world. And he shared with you, and I won't call him a former Marine, this Marine man of God has shared with you how to walk by faith and not by sight. Determined tonight to let go of the pain. He said forgive the debt. Just get rid of the debt. Do what he said tonight. And you know what? You're going to be free. And it doesn't matter what the other person does. It doesn't matter what they do. Whether they like you. They don't like you. Whether they help you. They don't help you. It doesn't matter what they say or they don't say. You know Lester Summerall used to say Don. He said don't let applause or criticism affect you. He said, just stay focused on who you are in Christ. And that's